and it grows to a powerful emotional climax when the father has to choose which one of his children will live and which one will die. Pass. <sighs> what else you got? Uh, well, well, there is this one thing. It's about a killer robot driving instructor that travels back in time for some reason. I'm listening. Okay, okay, well, you see, this robot, he's got a heartbreaking decision to make about whether his best friend lives or dies. Eh, his best friend's a talking pie. Sold! Howard, you've done it again. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review season ten, episode what is this? Episode five. Five. Mitch. When you dish a yeah, when you dish upon a star. I'm Dando. I am Mitch. How are you today, Dando? Not too bad. I, I threw me because I already said your name. I was like, do I introduce him again or? Uh, lucky for you, I was not listening. <laughs> <laughs> How's your day been? I haven't spoken to you in since the last episode. Since the last episode where we recorded. Yeah, my day's been all right. I actually had a day. At one of those moments where it smacks you in the face, like how much your body has changed since the last time. Uh, sorry, not since the last time, but like, you know. Last time a, of what? <laughs> over a period of time. I was scrolling okay. through Instagram and came across an old photo of myself and holy shit. <laughs> like I, um, uh, I, I, I have dropped some weight. Um, yeah. And what made me laugh was that the photo, the specific photo where I looked insanely fat in the face was when our book had just been published and it was a photo of me in a Dimmix in front of the book. Um, and I looked at that and went, okay, well, you know, that probably gives a fair indication of how book sales have gone that I've had to, <laughs> that I've had to cut back the food intake since. Let's remind people, by the way, because I went to Dimmix and um, it, uh, it would have been two weeks ago in Geelong and it sold yeah. out once again. She said they're ordering more. If you haven't got a copy of our book yet, Homer's Odyssey and the Big and Simpsons Guide is available at all reputable bookstores. You can get it online. I recommend going to... um. What's that fish website? The uh, fish website. There's a website. Amazon. It's, it's like it's. No, no, no. There's a there's a website that's plenty like, of I fish. Had... Are you on the dating app? Is that... <laughs> uh, no, I Snapfish. recommend you that's go to plenty of for... plenty of fish. Just plug author into the keyword. You'll find me. <laughs> there's some uh, there's some book website that's really, really cheap. But just just go on any book website, you'll find it. It's it's only about twenty or so dollars, I believe. Now, just get yourself yeah. a copy. Um, we'd really appreciate book, it. I'm guaranteed. If you like the show, you're gonna like the book. Yeah. Book, Bookdepository.com book, is a good one. I know where I got fucking fish from. But. <laughs> <laughs> not um, yeah. no, not book suppository, which uh, no, no, it, no. It, that's a different different thing, and you definitely don't want a hardback. You do. <laughs> Homer's Odyssey and the Big and Simpsons Guide. I, I would really like to get an audiobook out there, but Penguin never asked us to do one. So, unfortunately, that's not available at the time. But hopefully in the future, I, I feel like people listening right now would probably prefer an audiobook, Mitch, don't you reckon? If you're uh, listening, Penguin. Some might. Yeah, well, Penguin. Um, yeah, because it's entirely up to them. They own the rights to it. So, for the people that yeah, have yeah. said, when are you go- like, why haven't you done one? We're not allowed to. Um, but it would are, we, be... are we allowed to have the, the patrons over to my place and read it to them one day? We could do a reading if you wanted to. Uh, you might need to renovate a little bit and put some raked seating into your lounge room. But, you know, why not? Yeah. Yeah, why not? 
Uh, wish when you dish upon a star. So, uh, what do you think of this? I had pretty good memories, like fun memories of this episode, and yeah, it, wasn't, it didn't hit it out of the park, but it was pretty funny. I thought it had good use of celebrities. So, this was one that I hadn't seen in a very long time. Um, I, I, I did a thing that I don't normally do. I didn't take a single note during this because I like I wrote down things afterwards, but I didn't want to sit there thinking critically through this episode. I, I wanted to just let it wash over me and see how it went. See, I usually watch the episode twice. I watch it like that and then I watch it again for notes. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I felt like it was a fun episode. It was a funny episode as long as you don't think for more than two seconds about anything. Um, yeah, th- there was a few sort of story plot holes that I was like, eh, you just got to forget about it. Yeah, and so like it, it was a difficult one to necessarily review, even though it was an okay one to enjoy. I do think that it was, um, it's kind of the best and worst when it comes to celebrity guest appearances in that Ron Howard is fantastic, but Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger, I think are probably the least essential celebrity guest we've had so far. And... It could have their role could have been anybody, couldn't it? Well, yeah, and you read in the notes that it was anybody. I think they were the third. Um, it was it was be Bruce Springsteen, yeah, Springsteen, Bruce Willis, and Demi Moore at one point, yeah, and then Baldwin and Basinger, and um, I think Demi Moore and Bruce Willis would have been better because that to me they're more famous. Um, probably they're, they're more known. They're more known to the common person, like like you know, moviegoers would know. Don't get me wrong, Ali Baldwin's huge star, mm. but I feel like more people would know who Bruce Willis is by name than Ali Baldwin. That's just my opinion. Yeah, well, I guess Bruce did have a music career as well, so he he transcends. <laughs> um, you get you get late '80s white boy hip hop fans as much. Yeah, and he had a, he had a sitcom long before Ali Baldwin did. Yeah, that's true. Um, you know what? What like struck struck me and I actually wondered like was this the tipping point was this the first of the let's get a guest appearance for the sake of saying we've got a name on the show rather than give someone a character for them to play Um, and it it might not be the first time it's definitely not the first time that they've just got someone to come and play themselves but is it the worst of those times so far but it's the less meaningful I guess you could say yeah and I think the biggest problem is Kim Baldwin Kim Baldwin. Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin are married, right? They have zero chemistry in this episode. Like, they come across so wooden. It's almost like they each recorded their dialogue separately and in separate rooms, possibly separate sides of the country. The characters don't get along either, which doesn't help. (laughs) No, that doesn't make life too easy. Um, But it doesn't come across as, like, normal married bickering. It comes across as just reading lines in a script that don't connect with the actor or actress. Yep. The other yep. thing is they don't really send each other up. Like Alec Baldwin, I guess, in 30 Rock, he, which is a long way down, like a long way in the future from when he recorded this, he had learned by then to be able to do a parody of himself. Whereas it felt like here neither of them were entirely sure how to play an exaggerated version of themselves and they just kind of as a result it didn't feel like there was a lot of acting going on in much of it they were just it just felt like Alec Baldwin was reading dialogue where was Alec Baldwin's career at this point though 1998 toilet yeah exactly so <laughs> um, he probably i don't know may, do you think a part of him knew that he wasn't I don't know. Do you feel like they feared writing an episode where he took the piss out of himself because his career was in such a 
not a terrible state, but like he wasn't really. It wasn't you know, in a terrible state. That point. He just wasn't. But like, but no, do you think he would have wanted to have taken the piss out of himself? The thing is, Alec Baldwin probably was an A-lister. Like he's always been an A-lister. He's always been a big name, but he was always he had a really long period of failing to live up to that critically. Um, so what to say? This was 1998. If we have a look at his career, uh, okay, so 95, 96, he did. What was Glenn Gary Glenn Ross? Uh, that was early 90s, I believe. Uh, yeah. 1992. So, um, the, but for like five years there, there wasn't much happening. So, right? 92. Like, I don't really remember. He did Malice in 93, which was an Aaron Sorkin script. Um, it's a movie that's a little bit hit and miss, but it's a very, very good script and he has some very famous scenes from it. He then did, oh, The Shadow, um, which I don't think was very good. A Streetcar Named Desire, Two Bits. The Jura, Heaven's Prisoners, Ghosts from the Past, The Edge. So there's a whole bunch of things there that have been forgotten Nothing. in time. And then yeah. 1998's uh, horrendous Mercury Rising, which oh, is, see, I've ne- that's got Bruce Willis in it. Hasn't it, it does have Bruce Willis in it. Now you see, like I've, that I've, because, and I like that because we both saw it when we were kids. But if you rewatch yes, that now, yeah. you would go, oh boy. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to ask that because I remember as a kid really enjoying that movie. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it at the time, but uh, not so much anymore. Okay. Um, well, that's a shake. I bought it on Blu-ray recently and I was looking forward to going back and watching it. <laughs> yeah. But then from that point, after this episode, this is when Baldwin starts to turn. So he does the Royal Tenenbaums. He's the narrator in that. He is in State and Maine um, and he's quite mm-hmm. good in State and Maine, which is a very satirical yep. look at Hollywood. Um, there's another little period through the mid-2000s where he doesn't do a monstrous amount. He's pretty good when in... When did 30 Rock start? Tw- 2007? 2009? Um, I'm making my way up to that. The Aviator. So, he's in a Scorsese film. And then... Where is 30 Rock? 30 Rock started 2006. Um, Six, okay. Yeah. So, he's still eight years away from where he's really made that... Uh, nailed that turn at Alec Baldwin finally understanding how to be Alec Baldwin. And Kim Basinger, oh, I say Basinger just for homer's sake, but Kim Basinger, <laughs> she's never even really found that because she, since the 90s, what's she done? Kim she, Basinger, was, she, was the, she was the biggest star at this point, right? Um, Probably. She had LA Confidential, but that was like 95 though, I think. 97, 97 for LA Confidential. 97, yeah. yeah. yeah so so that, she, that movie had only just come out. Yeah, so she was pretty hot at the time uh, in terms of, yeah. Uh, what else had she done? When's World 2? It was a little bit earlier. I think just for the fact that Al- Kim Basinger's big hits had been bigger um, and her successes, obviously she had an Oscar, her successes had been more successful. Yeah. But um, the point that you bring up though is that I think that's why Ron Howard stands out so much in this episode is because he's got the ability to take the piss out of himself. He knows why he's there. He's there to that's have a good time and exactly that's why he works right. so well. Yeah, yeah. Ron perfectly subverts the expectations of all-American boy Ron Howard. Um, he's so goddamn funny in this. Like, Ron Howard's pretty great in anything, to be fair. Uh, but yeah, he he was the exact version of what they all needed to be. Yeah, I, well, I after watching this, I sort of looked back and went, is this one of my favourite guest appearances ever? And it would have to be. He's, he's, he's never not funny when he's on screen. As far as someone playing themselves, uh, yeah, it's it's right up there. But, but how many celebrities played themselves in the first 10 seasons, though? Um, I mean, do, can, we, can we throw him in the same... We can't really throw him in the same category as ones that don't play themselves, can we, I guess? Because they've got to find this character and play this character. 
could put him up yeah, there with Lee Carvalho. The, 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 the humor for him is that he's a parody of himself, like you said, as opposed to yeah. playing a character. Yeah. But anyway, he's just, he is, I've just got here, outstanding. He's so great in this. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was one of my favorite things, if not my favorite things through the entire episode. Actually, yeah, like he's he's in two of my three favorite moments. How how great is it when Homer's playing um, Batman? Unbelievable. What? <laughs> the play <laughs> delivers what? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, so great! It's like he's he can't believe that these rich like these celebrities are friends of this buffoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just so yeah. so good. <laughs> um, I also got here. A, I thought it was a really fun, great opening act. Uh, they're at the beach. I, I thought it was fantastic. I laughed a lot, especially when they're on the boat. Mm. Uh, yeah, on the boat was really really funny. Uh, like the whole parasailing mishap was a good extended set piece that just went for a yep. very long time. Yeah, it was uh, just a setup to to meet the celebrities, but still, yeah. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, yeah, same. Uh, driving over Ned at the beach, all that sort of stuff, I really enjoyed. The I even really liked the Yogi Bear parody at the start. Like once it's revealed, it was a dream. Because at first, I was like, oh, this is like this is a bit of a weird intro to for it to be so over the top a parody of something else and then you say oh hang on it's so he's dreaming that he's yogi that makes sense then when he goes back to sleep and you see mcgilla gorilla and crucially they don't show you the internal side of that dream you just see homer clawing at nothing yeah. um <laughs> which which also very importantly means you don't see the violence you just imagine that mcgilla, McGilla gorilla has gone ape shit <laughs> uh, I did. Yeah. Pun intended. I, yeah, I I found that very fun. I actually, when I was saw that, I thought that would actually be a really fun trias of horror bit. Them as like Yogi Bear or like Hanna Barbera characters, but like with an evil twist. Yeah, yeah, I could see that happening and working. Well, couldn't you imagine like a Scooby Doo esque scenario with The Simpsons? Um. We're gonna yes. try like, like, like a murder, like a murder mystery. A murder mystery or something like that. As they, yeah, driving around in the mystery machine. But anyway, yeah. Before we get into our um, our favorite moments, though, I just want to say that the the thing that sort of like where I had to switch my brain off was why would they go to Springfield without any supplies if they knew they weren't going to be able to go out? I understand it was for the yep. story where Homer would you know have to become their assistant, but why? A, how do they get there? And B, why would they not bring supplies with them? <laughs> Both very valid questions. <laughs> <laughs> like they just rocked up the spring. Oh, we love to come to Springfield. We get away from everything, but we didn't bring anything with us. Now we're eating fucking muffins. <laughs> yeah, um, and that and the fact that you know, like there, there are worse things to do with your time and your day than just eat muffins. <laughs> yeah, I know. The, the, one of the muffins. That, that's one of my trivia questions. So I won't go into what muffin it was, but. Uh, I, I, I can, I, you know, I would happily live off muffins for a good week or so. I think you get sick of muffins after a while. I know maybe you wouldn't because you, I oh, know you're a donut man, not a muffin man. <laughs> I know the muffin I, man. Just then I heard muffin man in the muffin man, the gingerbread man's voice. The muffin yeah, that, man. Yeah. Well, see, Elliot's, um, Elliot's favorite new, uh, new favorite movie is Shrek. So I've watched oh, that movie good. like 10 times. It's good. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Away and from like the Wiggles, it, and we're watching actual movies now. He's watching, I was going to say. He, he, He's graduated to stuff that you can actually laugh at now. Maybe not yeah. for the 50th time, but still. Um, he, he, likes, I, he likes Rio as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, as long as there's variety in the muffins, I think you can sustain them for a while. Yeah, at least two or three different varieties. Although a, a diet uh, even of rotating muffins would become like, you know, if you're doing a, uh, root, a, a series at the gym, 
that there's going to be like blueberry day would be like leg day. You'd be like, ah, oh, fucking blueberries are coming again. <laughs> like it's just... <laughs> blueberries, my favorite. I don't mind blueberries. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. what's your what's your muffin? What's your go-to muffin? A strawberry white chalk. I knew it was going to be something white chalk. I don't know why, <laughs> but I just knew it was going to be something white chalk. <laughs> uh, favorite moments from the episode. Uh, yeah, so as I mentioned, I had three. One of them was Homer on the um, the parasailing. Specifically, just I don't know if it's the I think it's the delivery and the writing. The sentence is just perfect. The snapping turtles are massing. I liked bye bye fishies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's really really great. And, and then the two that I had for Ron Howard were Ron's dramatic leap onto the caravan. Amazing, <laughs> so so funny. Uh, just <laughs> you killed Ron Howard <laughs> and um, Brian Grazer, uh, Grazer just handing over a sack of money to Ron. Two sacks. He's of done money. it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've got the car chase. Um, I did like Homer calling Ron Howard the wrong name all the time, like Potsy and Horshack. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny as well. And I just liked in the uh, in the boat scene. The you ready? She's down. Yeah, that was totally... uh, I've been water skiing once in my life and that was how it worked for me. (laughs) It's me riding a skateboard. I just just cannot do it at all. Uh, But anyway, also need to mention this episode was the one that has been brought up many times in the past couple of years. It's the one where they have the the Disney gag. Oh, yeah. Like now a... What's it say? Now a corporation of Disney or something? Basically implying that it's owned by Disney now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. From this day forward, your names will be... Uh, that's not... Uh, Alistair Danik, Homer in Wonderland Through the Ceiling Glass. Mm-hmm. Chris Darby, the talking pie that travelled back in time for some reason. <laughs> David, I did love that Howard stole the idea. It was a great sort of like, throwback. Yeah. Uh, David Mott, I think this has actually been used. Um, Springfield Confidential. Uh, yeah, that was a... Wasn't that Mark Reese's book? So that's Simpsons Confidential. Oh, Simpsons. No, no, it's Springfield Confidential. Was it? I thought it was... Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, in any case. You couldn't, um, you couldn't use Simpsons in the title. Uh, Tyler Webb, I don't mind this. Home Arrested Development. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Although Talia, it, wouldn't make, it wouldn't make sense back then, but... It didn't make now? sense at the time, but, no, but they don't have to. The alternate no. alternate names can take in whatever part of history you like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Talia Enriquez with 15 minutes of blame. Not bad. Matty Seen, the father of a rude and thoughtless pig, arrives in Springfield. <laughs> These are very long titles this week. <laughs> they are very long titles. Ashley Gilbert as oh well, no, two more. So Mark Burgess, Ron Howard's end, and Ashley Gilbert snapping massing Ninja Turtles. I don't mind it. What's yours? Yeah, that's pretty solid. Uh, I went with Lake Confidential. Ah, not bad. And kind of like, yeah, with the L, L and the A would be in capitals. That puts the other uh, patients to shame. I think. I think you win this week, sir. Well, that's the first time in a while the patrons have been in pretty good form. Next question. You there, eating the paste. All right, my first question is, what time did the kids first wake up, Homer? 4 a.m. Correct. My first question is, where do the hillbillies cook up their vittles? Ah, shit. No idea. It's in the jacuzzi. Jacuzzi, yeah, the the hillbilly jacuzzi. The hillbilly jacuzzi. What flavor muffin did Alec eat and not like? Uh, Was it something in oat? No, it was zucchini. Oh, zucchini. Okay. Um, understandable. I wouldn't be diving in on a zucchini muffin. Oh, would I? Yes, I would. Um, <laughs> how much was water ski hire? Was it $10? Uh, 
It was. Shit, well done. I had to go <laughs> frame by frame on Frinkiac for that one because the dude's head kept moving and you could never actually read the whole sign at any given moment. So uh, I think that's why I must have been paying attention to it because you can only sort of see it for a second. Yeah, yeah. I thought I was guaranteed to stump you on that. <laughs> My final question is, what size shoe is Smithers' mother? Uh, uh, no. 12 double E. Sounds like a bra size. Does sound like a bra size because shoe sizes are oh, different. Oh, wait. Wait. No, because he was talking about shoes, right? He wouldn't have been talking about bras. Um, hold on. Because 12 double E just seems like a weird size for a shoe. I know he was asking what size, what the ones that she wore in LA Confidential. Was he referring to a bra? No, I'm sure it was shoes. I mean, um, it would uh, make sense if he was referring to a bra. I mean, why not? Um, hold on. I'm just trying to get to that scene. Yep. Turns out if you control F12 on Frinkiac, that's not very good at all uh, because <laughs> it comes up with every 12-second mark. Uh, the red pumps you wore in LA Confidential. So, yeah. Shoes. Okay. Yeah. And what's your final question? Uh, my final question is, what award did they toss Homer out like? Uh, Golden Globe? Yes, it was indeed a Golden Globe. I do like it when the Simpsons make fun of other awards. What about the Grammys? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a Grammy. Oh, so it was, what, about, uh, what about the Emmys? It was what about the Emmys, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, that wraps up trivia. So now it's time for our beloved patron mailbag segment. Before we do that, five uh, shout-outs to the $5-plus patrons who joined up this week onto the Patreon page. Shout-outs to Nick... Miskinus, Austin King, and to our beloved $20 patrons, Jordan Ritchie and Lisa Simpson. Thank you for your continued support. And don't forget, if you love the show and you want to show your support, give something back in return, just got to be a $2 plus patron at patreon.com slash four-figure discount. Just go onto the Patreon page now, ask for some questions. It's the Patreon mailbag time. Which celebrity would you like to have as a guest on an episode? Ask Kynan Mugford. On an episode of The Simpsons or on an episode of our podcast? Our podcast. Uh, okay, does the celebrity need to be a part of The Simpsons universe? No. No, okay, so we get any celebrity, but Tom Hanks. Y- you would hope, you would, yeah, I know. I was literally going to, like, Tom Hanks would be, like, my favourite person to interview because he's just so wholesome. Yeah. He just seems like the, the nicest person you could ever talk to. Have yeah. you seen the inside the actor's studio with him? No, I haven't. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, all right. I'll check that out. That'd be cool. His favorite swear word is horse shit. Yeah. (laughs) And hearing him say it is just the best thing ever. Yeah, it would be. (laughs) Keith Nedham, if you ever wound up in a celebrity's bed, whose would it be? Um, Tom Hanks. (laughs) Why not? not? (laughs) And it would be because I'd had a nightmare and Tom offered (laughs) that I could come in just to like, you know, calm me down. I'm just visualizing Tom Hanks like waking up with senior and he's going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> no, Mr. Hanks, I had a scary dream. Well, hop in, kid. Uh, speaking of, I cannot wait to see his Mr. Rogers film. Going to be so good. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, Dave Abbott Smith says, I've heard this episode called on another podcast, assuming another Simpsons podcast, the worst episode ever so far. Do we I'm agree? Ge- I'm guessing that was the worst episode ever podcast. Um, No, I don't. Uh, it's, it's by no. It's, it's nowhere near the worst so far. No, no. There's um. I mean, it's not good, but it's not. Sorry, what, it's, it's not good. Bad. It's not great. It's it's very mid- overall. I think it's fairly middle of the road. But yeah. no, it's a long way away from being the worst ever. Um, 
or most recent one that springs to my mind as being one of the worst ever is Tim Conway, whatever episode that was. I think that was oh yeah, the spin off showcase. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, one good throw- segment and then a lot of bad. Yeah, he, uh, he throws in Dave throws in. What's your six degrees of separation to a celebrity? Not counting ourselves. Well, we are not uh, celebrities, sir. Okay, so well, I don't know. When you've already like actually legitimately met some celebrities, it's hard to think of ones that are just six degrees removed. Mm. Um, who? Oh, someone was trying to claim that I was related. Okay, so here's the most piss weak one. Um, Fan, uh, people in Australia would be aware that there's a season of The Block on right now and there's one guy... Reality show where they build houses. Yeah, yeah, like, well, renovate houses. houses. Yeah. yeah. And there's a guy on there who claims to be a stand-up comedian. Um, <laughs> like, I think his, his real job is stand-up comedy. Um, he apparently is the brother of my mother's cousin's husband. Oh, that's all. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> I can't beat that. I, I know a friend. I know. I know a friend of a friend of a celebrity, but not mother's brother's cousin. That's that's you can't beat that. No, it's like store bought six degrees of separation. <laughs> it's like look up in the dictionary. There it is. Um, but for me though, it was Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Yeah. So my friend from high school, she her dad was the was top- Mick Jagger. <laughs> her dad was the like the uh he ran the Rolling Stones fan club in Australia. Okay. And like we went to the gig, like they had a show, I think it was like two thousand and five it would have been, and her dad got to go into their room. So like they opened up the room to like their at the hotel and I saw them through the doorway. Okay, that's okay. So you so, like, so I'm not related a... to Mick Jagger, but that, that's how I could sort of get in contact with Mick Jagger. If I, wanted I was going to say, so you them. caught a glimpse of them like it was The Shining. Like yes. Mick Jagger at the end of a hallway with Ronnie Woods. One of them's in a bear suit. The other one's in a tuxedo. And they had holes in their stomach. Holes in their stomach? Like the twins. Oh, the twins. Okay. <laughs> I was not referring to the twins. I know. <laughs> Threw me. Um, but no, basically they were in the hotel room. Her dad went in. And I wasn't allowed to go in, but I saw when he opened the door, they were just sitting there chilling. Yeah. Yeah. That's fun. Uh, a couple more questions and we'll get into the review. Sean Lachlan asks, if you could steal one prop from a movie, what would it be? I think we've had this question or a similar one before. I think I said the original Millennium Falcon. I, um, besides that, what would be a cool prop to steal from a movie? The the, the T-Rex head from Jurassic Park? Um, yeah, I was thinking the Infinity Gauntlet. The actual one, yeah. Which one? Yeah. The oh no, we better not say anything. Yeah, well, yeah. In case people haven't, but no, Thanos and Thanos Infinity Gauntlet would be a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah. Um, Although was rep- it an actual was it an actual one though, or was it CGI'd? I don't know, but let's assume there's a real one out there somewhere. We well, can get life size ones at my work. Just get one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I would like it to have Josh Brolin's sweaty like remnants. And finally, Jamie Gemmell. Or Jemel says, if you could fall through the roof of any celebrity's house, who would it be? I'm going to throw in there, who would you want it to be? Okay, so I'm going to fall through the roof of a celebrity. Um, sorry, I've got to... It's not like I can't think of one. It's that I've thought of eight, and I'm trying yeah. to think of which one of these is going to be the best. And who would who would respond the best to you falling through their roof? Yeah, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum. He, he, I feel like he wouldn't be bothered at all if he fell through that, his roof. Yeah, He'd help that, you. 
Yeah, he would. And then probably offer you something in return. Um, he, yeah, he'd be right up there. Bon Jovi, I reckon Bon Jovi would also be really nice about it if you fell into his house. You know who wouldn't be? Someone we referenced before, Bruce Willis. No, Bruce would be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> he'd make you clean up the mess Yeah, before you got to go call a doctor. Yeah. What about Paul Rudd? Do you reckon Paul Rudd would be cool? I reckon he would be. And I reckon you could fall into Paul Rudd's house because you wouldn't... He strikes me as the sort of guy that you wouldn't know it was Paul Rudd's house. Like, <laughs> just, it'd just be another yeah. house in the neighborhood. You'd be playing backyard yeah. cricket, you pop a tennis ball up on the roof, you take a wrong step, you fall through a skylight, and suddenly you're face-to-face with Paul Rudd. <laughs> <laughs> who's just sitting there in his pajamas eating Doritos. <laughs> Gotta be Doritos. Yeah. He totally would. I could actually see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what a man. Anyway, would, would he be watching Mac and Me, do you think? Uh, I, he'd be just queuing it up. He'd be getting like working on his next, how do I insert this into whatever movie I'm supposed to be plugging. Uh, thank you guys uh, for contributing to the Patreon Bailback. As I said, if you want to be a part of that and just be a part of the Four Finger Discount community here on Facebook, just be a $2 plus patron, patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. Now, Mitch, we're going to get into the full review. The original air date was November 8th. 1998, the chalkboard gag was but.but is not my email address. And I'm assuming you know what that uh, the little story behind that being but.but. Yeah, but. so it was going to be but.com and then they realized that that was already an email address. Uh, sorry, a website. So they had to change that joke. Otherwise, they were going to direct a lot of people to. Should we check out what but.com is? Um, You can. This is my work let laptop, me, so I better not. <laughs> let me just jump into the old incognito mode. Know what I'm saying? Don't need this in my history forever. How can but dot but be an email address though? Yeah, I guess late nineties they didn't have to be too specific with sort of with internet jokes. Yeah, okay. Uh whoop, yep. It's exactly what it, you'd expect it to be. Uh however but. Oh no, it's um it describes itself as being I don't even know if I can say that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> or is it is it but yes, I am 18. Hold on a second. Oh, is it that kind of website? Yeah. Uh, oh, no, it just redirects. No, never mind. It's basically just spam now. Um, so, steer clear. <laughs> don't, don't type but.com. It advertises it. itself as being one thing, and then it just sends you off into... What's, what's but.com.au, though? Um, it's a, it's, <laughs> it'd be... I feel like in Australia, that would be a government, some sort of branch of government. It'd be the... Um, There's going to be some sort of down under reference there, right? Uh, yeah, it could be. It'd be like the um, the butane uh, butane umbrella treatment something. And the couch gag was Marge hanging the family out on the clothesline. Episode kicks off with the Yogi Bear parody that you mentioned before. I thought it'd be a good Treehouse of Horror story, but um, yep. I really enjoyed Homer's, you want some of this? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't, um, hey, Bart Bart, it's been a while since I've watched Yogi, but is that a thing, Bart Bart? Yeah, uh, well, Boo Boo. Oh, Boo Boo, of course. Thank you. That's right. <laughs> As I said, it's been a while. I'd completely forgotten Boo Boo's name. Yeah, hey, yeah, Boo Boo. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I thought Dan did a good voice of, like, still being Homer, but also Yogi Bear at the same time. Enough of a likeness there, yeah. The kids did wake you, up Homer. Go. Did you ever... Sorry, did, were you a fan of Yogi? Oh, I was a huge fan of all Hanna-Barbera, Scooby-Doo, yeah. Yeah, Flintstones, yeah. all of them. Yeah, I was a big Hanna-Barbera kid. I loved Hanna-Barbera. Oh, 
Yeah, it's just it, like, we mentioned it with Tom Hanks. There's something wholesome about Hanna Barbera cartoons. There is. And if you had to go Hanna Barbera versus Looney Tunes, which one would would win for you? Hanna Barbera. Yeah. Okay. See, I'd still go Looney Tunes, but I think Hanna Barbera had a more rounded stable. I could watch any Hanna Barbera, whereas Looney Tunes, I would much prefer to be watching Bugs or Daffy or Roadrunner. I think Looney Tunes, I would get sick of quicker because it's just wackiness. Where yeah, okay. Where Hanna Barbera cartoons tended to have actual stories, like you had Jetsons and Flintstones and things like that. Yeah, true. Like they did sort of more long form. They were sitcoms. Yeah, I've actually got the uh, the Hanna Barbera Christmas special from when I was a kid. It's on YouTube now. I just put it on YouTube. We watch it like every year. And Hanna Barbera, both of them are actually on the special. Okay. And they are yep. lit- they, they, if they are literally Mr. Rogers. That's who they are. They are the most wholesome old <laughs> gentleman you'll, you could ever imagine. It's great. <laughs> That's really sweet. Um, uh, so yeah, the kids wake up Homer and Marge because they want to go to Lake Springfield, reminiscent kind of of the, the Mount Splashmore, except not as annoying. Yeah. Um, they eventually get them up. They get uh, caught in traffic. This part here was I thought was a bit stupid with Homer's neck spinning around. I was like, eh. Yeah, that was a little bit wacky and I didn't fully understand why. <laughs> no. Like, like that was a- another one of those examples of jokes of like, oh, okay, I'll just accept that that's kind of funny, but I don't get why you've done it. No, it's uh, to me, it just didn't need to be there at all. They take a shortcut. You, you think this is going to go bad, but it just doesn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it works out quite well. Uh, tree, I see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to tease the celebrity house there. They talk about the pillbillies and whatnot. And then we they get the, the boat, they go boating. It's just, I, everything about this is just hilarious. It's so well done. It, it really is. It's, um, I guess... I mean, they've never really done this before, so they get a chance to just throw in all of their what would happen if the Simpsons were at the lake jokes. Yeah, we had it when they went with the Flanders, I think, once, where where Homer, you didn't actually see him on the water. You just saw Homer crash the boat onto Flanders' car, though. Yeah, that's true. And I feel like even that was largely, um, was that lake or was that beach? It was. Maybe it was beach, yeah, possibly. I might be wrong. Like, if it was when they're at the holiday house, that was beach. That was beach as well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, just in a scenario that we don't normally see the the family, yeah. Life jackets, check. Tow rope, secure. Secure. Ready. Here we go. She's down. Oh, look at it go! Stay there, honey. How's he doing? I don't know. I think Dad might be a little heavy for parasailing. Faster, Marge! Faster! The snapping turtles are messing! Heads up! Coming through! Look out! Hey, volleyball! Can I play later? Hiya, Poop! Oh, dear! You've ruined my work, you flying fat man! Fishies! Higher! Higher! I'm soaring, soaring majestically like a candy wrapper caught in an updraft. Higher, March! Higher! Don't go any! Higher, I say! I want to soar higher than any man has ever soared. I want to look down on the clouds with contempt. I want to stare at God's creation and spit on it! Lower, lower. There goes my turn. 
What did you think was funnier? Lisa stacking or Homer? It's got to be Homer, I guess, because, you know, you got the higher, I say. Lower, lower. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever been parasailing? No, I haven't, no. Uh, uh, It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Do do you go really high? Uh, You can, yeah. Like, I mean, obviously as high as the rope, but you get high enough up there to get a decent view of what's going on. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I I think at at first I'd be scared, but once I'm up there, I'll be fine. It's just I yeah. think the the motion of going up would scare me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Once you you sort of settle into the harness pretty quickly, and you go, oh yeah, this is this is fine. I'm perfectly safe. Ha, ha, so when you're up in the air, if the boat sort of just stops, do you just keep going? <laughs> like, how, uh, how do you go? How do you go down safely? I don't understand how it works. Well, I guess they. The boat doesn't just stop; like they gradually decline in pace. Um, yeah, and I th- maybe they wind you in. They must um, do something because you would you just keep going, wouldn't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think it. I think it must literally just be that you slow down. Like as you slow down, you get lower, um, which would make sense. If there's less resistance in the parachute, then you're going to eventually come to a stop. So it's just about yeah, yeah. controlling your descent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if not, you're in a parachute, so you can like you'll just glide down. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. You can control yeah. your descent to a degree. So Homer goes, he goes off into the sky, and that would be pretty scary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the rope burning. Um, it's a very sort of it's kind of like a Looney Tunes esque uh, moment actually, where he gets caught on the tree, and he, but he keeps going. Oh yeah, like the has the moment um to sort of be like dope before he actually falls. Yeah. Already? Ah! What the hell? Sorry, lady. I know you! You're Kim Bassinger! It's Basinger. Oh my god, I'm such a huge, huge fan of yours, Miss Bassinger! Thanks. Um, listen, you think you could slide over a little? Well, I am a married man. You're crushing my husband. Uh, uh. Billy Baldwin! I'm Alec Baldwin. Could you get off me? So, what are you two kids doing in my neck of the woods? Well... Wait! Tell me over breakfast. Who's for pancakes? This is actually another thing. Sorry, this is another thing that made me... I was like, if I think about this for even two seconds, Homer doesn't strike me as the sort of guy that would get starstruck by Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. Maybe Um, there's an element there of... It plays on the fact that anyone would, but I was like, uh, like, I don't know. Would he really give a shit? Would he I don't know feel who like Kim Basinger is? Like, is what? is Homer going out to see LA Confidential? That's the thing. Like, in 1998, they weren't even like a... Were, were they a power couple? I could be wrong. Because I, I was only a kid at the time. But, like, were they a big-time power? Not like, I assume like, they were. I don't, I don't have a problem with, like, the rest of Springfield going, oh, my God, Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger here. It's purely Homer. would Homer. Uh, probably not. <laughs> but anyway, he needed two for the sake of the episode. Yeah. But you're right. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't really make too much sense. But he says he basically invites himself. He's going to stick around, make some pancakes for breakfast. We come back and they, you know, tell Homer, they set up why they're in Springfield, telling them they like to get away and whatnot. But they've got no, uh, no food and whatnot. So Homer offers to be their assistant. Again, here, no reference to him being a worker at the power plant. He's just now No, that's them. that's just... That's entirely gone now. <laughs> yeah, we say this every week. It's like, yeah, we should probably just stop bringing it up. It's just assumed he has a job only when he needs to be for the sake of the episode. Yeah. 
Which is, to me, it's disappointing. But I can understand why because there's only so much you can do. I can understand why as well. Yeah, like I get it, but it does kind of remove a fairly crucial element of Homer's character if he's never at work. Yeah, Uh, and the fact that, you know, he's a working class man. Yeah, and also... He loses loses that everyman aspect because he's always out and about doing shit now. Well, yeah, like he almost becomes a superhero because he can just do anything. Um, Well, he becomes a cartoon character. It also gives you less cause to have Burns and Smithers, which is a problem. Um, that is true. You only ever see them now when they're out and about doing things that you wouldn't normally see them doing. Yeah, as opposed to just working and you know having some funny conversation back and forth about whatever it might be. But like yeah. less now, it basically exists. Uh, oh well, I don't know. Like now, they basically get crowbarred in for jokes, as opposed to having them naturally exist and just let the scene be funny on its own. I wonder if that was the the real shift in the the show where they decided Homer doesn't need to be working at the plant anymore because that what that's what kept the show grounded and real. Yeah, um, I think that's. I mean, it's one of a number of things. I don't think you could point to any one particular thing and say this is what it is, but it it adds up. Yeah, uh, the family find Homer is being very vague and they're confused as to where he was. He obviously, he's promised the celebrities or promised uh, Alec and Kim that he wouldn't tell anybody. Homer then goes to order another line that wouldn't make it anymore, some weird and fruity items. Yeah. I mean, well, I don't know. Fruity in that case doesn't no, necessarily no. mean gay. He was, uh, he, that's what, the, in 1998, that's what it meant. Are you sure? I, I don't take it as that. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you can take it as not that, but I, I, I would prefer to take it like that because I'd like to think the Simpsons weren't making jokes about, you know, yeah, gays, but... Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so, he ordered stuff that he wouldn't... Know, but I did love Apu's response. Okay, we have none of those. <laughs> <laughs> After he's like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> really, really none good. of those. <laughs> um, this, it, Homer somehow still finds it all though because the celebs are really impressed that he's got it all. We get a little jab here that Alec doesn't have an Oscar. Yeah. Um, I Did we talk about the Alec Baldwin roast where that was... Um, Yes, and his yeah. daughter made the the joke. His daughter pointed that out. That was so great. Yeah, has that is that on YouTube or anything yet? Can I slide that in to uh, you? Maybe I don't know. I haven't gone looking for it. Um, I'll try I, and find it. It might appear at the end of this podcast. It might not. <laughs> um, and then might, we, and then it might be on YouTube, but we might just forget. I won't forget. I'll make sure I get there. Uh, Ron Howard arrives, and this is where the episode, I guess you could say, becomes funny because it was funny in the first part, but up to this point. Since he met uh, Alec and Kim, it hasn't really been that funny. No, no, like it's been yeah. All of the Alec and Kim scenes have just been fine. Um, yeah. Ron, Ron does provide most of the comedy from this point. All of it, I'd say, except for where's the shuttlecock? That's the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. That was yeah. very, very well played. I'm going to be honest though. When this first aired, I didn't know who Ron Howard was. Mm. And don't tell me that 10-year-old Mitch knew that Ron Howard was an acclaimed director of Apollo 13. No, no, I wouldn't have back then. Um, I also probably wouldn't have even really been aware of him in Happy Days, to be honest, I, at that I, age. I, I watched Happy Days, but I wouldn't have put two and two together unless my mum explained it to me or whatever. Yeah, yeah gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's true because this is like an animation now as opposed to a very young boy. Yeah. Um, they call him a friend. He's, start, he's feeling very welcome now. He feels like he's part of them. Ron Howard, clearly not impressed with this. Marge then finds the cell phone in Homer's pocket. Now, if you find a cell phone, 
uh, or a mobile phone in the, the pocket of your spouse and they're trying mm-hmm. to keep a secret, yep. that's cause for concern. It's a little <laughs> bit Breaking Bad. Yeah, it's 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 pretty pretty terrible. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would do if I found a cell phone. If you found a cell phone in Ash's pocket and she didn't know that you'd found it, well, this what is would something something that men don't have to worry about because women don't wear pockets. Yes, they do. No, they don't. Women's clothes don't have pockets. Nicola has her phone in her pocket all the time. No, she doesn't. Maybe in her back pocket, but you can't hide a phone in a back pocket. I. Men- Men have deep pockets. You could go, you could have an entire handbag's worth of shit in a man's pockets, whereas women's pockets, look at them. stuff sticking out of them everywhere. Oh, so Women, they have them, they're just not very big is what you're saying. Sisters of four-finger discount, hear me preach. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so Homer then pretends he's with Peter and then Imagine Films, Ron Howard's company with Brian. But it's not called Imagine Films though, is it? It's Imagine Entertainment, isn't it? Um... Same Maybe Imagine best. Films is a division of Imagine Entertainment. But doesn't he call it a division of Homico? <laughs> I think he does in that case, yeah. But I mean in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Kim's doing the workout. Homer's a terrible instructor. What was it and like? hyperextend. Keep those knees rigid. Something about lower back. <laughs> uh, jerk the lower back. Jerk that lower back. I'm and feeling Alex sharp pains this. in my neck. That's right. Force it. Yes. Alex finds... Oh, Alex. Uh, Alex has found a script on his, uh, on his pillow. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Where did I pitch. leave that? A really good payoff for later. This is, isn't it? Uh yeah, it is. Um, How would you've done it again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex says you won't do it. You're on your own, Patsy. <laughs> <laughs> Mo was then at um, Mo's, and he's telling all the guys uh, the Brockman story where he met a celebrity. I think we've all had that yep. moment where we've we've seen a celebrity. I think you probably would have told your mates the story when you um. Well, you did. You told me the story when you were talking to Trent Crowe on the phone. That kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, that was exciting. You won't believe who I was talking to. Yeah. And it was funny when you were telling me that story, actually, because you're like, you dropped um, Trent Crowe, and then a couple of seconds later, I was like, what? The Trent Crowe? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of the perfect level of celebrity there in that it doesn't even immediately spring to mind that that's who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Homer says, you know, he tells the secret, tells him that Kim and uh, Alec are there, but you've got to keep it way more secret than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're out playing badminton. Gets like a Jurassic Park reference. The water starts shaking. Or is it, it's like orange juice or whatever it is. It's shaking whatever it is. All the, yeah. all the fans are arriving. And we get there. Yeah, the great moment. My God. The lemonade. Look at the lemonade. Quick. Everybody inside. The shuttlecock! Where's the shuttlecock? I'm just trying to envision Alec acting that out. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty fun to have seen the dialogue of that. I hope he I hope he was doing like the little hands. Paranoid yes. hands. Yeah, yeah. The thing is though, that's why it's disappointing is that he proved with that one moment that he could have been funny. Yeah, but and they, like but they didn't give him anything to work with. He he was just not overly enthusiastic about any of it like he Ah. just yeah until that moment it didn't feel like he was actually acting much out but what what could he have been enthusiastic about the work the material they gave him wasn't much to work with yeah I I suppose there's that and maybe to a degree like I don't know how long they had to rework the script between deciding that these were the guys that they were going to get but maybe they could have maybe had they known from the outset they could have given him more to work with 
yeah. like I'll, specific I'll, 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 to Alec Baldwin's character. Like I reckon the muff- yeah. if they had done that now, there'd probably be there would definitely be more send ups of his anger and rage behind the scenes. Um, there'd probably be more send ups of that kind of uber confidence and suave arrogance that he has made his own brand. Homer would walk up and say, My wife's a big fan, would you mind saying hello to her? Yeah, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, I, I will say that the, the muffin scene, come to think of it, was actually pretty funny. Don't put it back in the basket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm not saying that it, none of it was funny. Like, again, I overall, I enjoyed the episode. It's just that, yeah, the performance was... The performance from Kim and Alec is very forgettable. It stands out as, as not as good when you're up against Ron Howard in the same episode, doing what he was doing, basically. Yeah. Um, they realized that Homer was the one that you know told the secret they were there, so they kick Homer out. And then we get the, it's nobody, throw your stones, it's nobody. <laughs> if you actually listen carefully, you can hear if one of them hit him in the head. <laughs> oh, can you? Um, Specifically yeah. the head. Yes, right in the head, it makes a thud, yeah. Uh, we come back and Homer is very sad because he's lost his celebrity friends. Here I've got Bart's reaction is really delayed. So like, Homer's you know, going, oh, I'm so sad, blah, blah, blah. And then like two seconds oh, later, Bart just goes... Yeah. Oh man, Alec Baldwin! Like, yeah, that surely was really he's, he's weird. said this by now. <laughs> yeah, it was just because they needed to get in that extra line of dialogue, and it didn't work. Like, it, no. yeah, it was a, it was a, um, a real baffling edit. Yeah, basically, it's just, it's just but, but Bart would have told their story or said that line a long time ago. A long anyway. time earlier. Yeah, like they just needed to rework that scene and change the order up a little bit of what got said. Anyway, Homer is then rude to his family because they're not famous. But he gets the idea. I think Bart gives him the idea to to get back at them somehow. To you know, he's gonna decide. He decides he's gonna sell their shit basically. <laughs> yeah. Um. We get we get back to their house and Mo makes Kirk. Or doesn't make him, but tricks him into jumping on the fence. Never not funny. <laughs> <laughs> and over here, five, ten, no, twenty dollars. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, really, really good stuff. I think is like a poster of Ali Confidential in that van. Uh, there was a poster of LA Confidential and one other movie. I forget what it was. Okay. Um, just selling like their bras and just things, their, their personal items. And uh, he he rants about the celebrities and it's, it's this is true. Like he's ranting about the celebrities, but for some reason we put these celebrities on a pedestal where like Carl and that get offended that Homer doesn't like them. And this is what it's like, though, to some people. Like, they get offended that you don't like it. Particularly English people, right? Okay, I'm not going to say English people, but the English people that I've met don't like it if I hang shit on the royal family. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. The English people that I've met couldn't care less. Oh, no, Nicholas, maybe maybe it's just there's there's followers and there's not, but the ones that I've met, they're not hardcore followers, but they, they you can tell it bothers them if yeah, you hang okay. shit on the royal family. Like, I asked them, what is the purpose of them? And they can't really give me an answer. And I think that's what no, bothers they're, them. <laughs> yeah, they're just figureheads. Yeah. Oh, they do so much for charity. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. And, and look, that's nice. They should. They've got millions and millions of dollars for doing <laughs> know, nothing. Right? Exactly. <laughs> so the celebrities then decide, oh, maybe we should forgive Homer. You know, it's not so bad after all. And then we get the, I felt this pause went on for a little bit too long. Going on to, well, we'd like to, you know, hopefully get a second chance if we ever made a bad movie. Yeah. Implying that we have made bad movies, but I just thought the pause went a little bit too long. Of like the eyes darting across. Yeah. yeah like I'm like, okay, we get it now. Get going. It's also not quite as funny when you've made almost exclusively bad movies. <laughs> like, which. And also uh, the fact that they've pretty much said the entire episode played them up like they're big time celebrities. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, the joke works overall because yeah. everyone has made a bad movie at some point. But, yeah. Of course. Unless it was Tom just, Hanks. It was just mugging it a little bit too much. Has Tom Hanks made a bad movie? Uh, I'm sure there's probably some home videos where he wasn't 100% on. Even, even his bad is still watchable. Oh, actually, sorry. Tom Hanks has made bad movies. The um, Which one? Ron Howard directed Da Vinci series. Oh, yeah, they weren't good. Yeah. No, nah, but you see, they were book adaptations, though. They never really work out unless it's Jurassic Park or Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> there have definitely been more book adaptations than better I than know. that. I uh, know. Well, what's your favorite book adaption, then? Can you um, recall? Adaptation. Um, I mean... On the spot, it's so hard to say, but like Shawshank Redemption is one that is like everyone's favorite movie. Oh um, yeah, of course, yeah. Jaws has got to be right up there. The Godfather, um, like their the Godfather adaptation. A book? I did not know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, it was wow. a best-selling um book. Oh, Harry Harry Potter, I guess they were successful, but they were yeah. Uh yeah, but those movies aren't like yeah, they're not. They're the just su- they're just successful. Yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah. There's been a lot. You've asked a question <laughs> that I could probably answer with 50 different films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they discover that Homer's selling their shit, which I would be annoyed as well. Um, and then what, what's the, the cliche that Alec delivers? Um, and this time, it's personal. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I've just got here in my notes, car chase equals great. It's really, really fun. The car chase is brilliant. I'd like to do it, but I'm wearing the wrong shoes. Yeah, actually, <laughs> Alec's also funny in this scene. Like, yeah. he's so proud of himself getting onto the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's a really good play on the fact that, like, at this point, Alec was trying to f- position himself as a leading man action star. Ah, was he really? Okay, yeah. So that, um, yeah, to be so excited about having pulled off a stunt successfully is that's very funny. I'm surprised this next moment wasn't your favorite because you mentioned it last week. Can you drive? Not well, but I'll give it a shot. The delivery of that is just perfect. <laughs> the delivery is great. It's very good. <laughs> but, it, it's, but it's it's not just that it's that not well but I'll give it a shot <laughs> but the thing is though right and I never got this as a kid she bangs on the window and says you killed Ron Howard he didn't kill Ron Howard <laughs> Ron Howard killed Ron Howard but Homer's actions led to the death led to the death but like yeah so Homer stops okay I'll stop and then we get to the court case Mr. Simpson do you have anything to say for yourself Yes, I do. I believe that famous people have a debt to everyone. If celebrities didn't want people pawing through their garbage and saying they're gay, they shouldn't have tried to express themselves creatively. In closing, you people must realize that the public owns you for life. And when you're dead, you'll all be in commercials dancing with vacuum cleaners. Thank you, Your Honor. Mr. Simpson. You are forbidden to come within 500 miles of any celebrity, living or dead. Woohoo! Well, I'll always have my crank calls. Hello, old lady from Titanic? You stink! <laughs> I was really glad uh, that there was another scene after that because I was sitting there going, oh, that better not be the final line of the episode. No, 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 not good. And it didn't even really need to be there, but anyway. And then we get, yeah, th- this ending is really, really funny. I think the older I get, the funnier this is. Just him, ha- Howard, trying to pitch to Brian this idea for a movie. Mm, pass. And then <laughs> starts starts pitching Homer's idea, but also 
tweaking his putting his story into it as well. Yeah. Nah. His best but friend's his a friend is pie. a talking pie. <laughs> <laughs> How would you have done it again? And then the happy days theme. Yeah. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, like you said at the start, it's got its you gotta switch your brain off. It's got its eye rolling moments. Not the best use of Alec and Kim, but Ron Howard more than makes up for that. He's really, really good. I I, I know we had the question asked to us by Dave. Like some people have said, this is the one of the worst episodes or the worst up to this date. Not, not by any means. I, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Overall, but like, it's six. It's a six or a seven out of a t- out of ten. I think. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, like it's which is still. If I was to borrow a phrase from Empire, like it's a three star at three out of five stars, which is still a recommendation. Yeah. It's a, the, the opening act mixed with Ron Howard's, it's, it's enough. Yeah. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, that Ron Howard is invincible. He is. I learned that Alec Baldwin does not like zucchinis. No, but he is good at first aid. He got a lot of glass out of Homer. JaVale! JaVale is here! Ooh! Alrighty, mailbag time, Mitch. Hit me with a question. Uh, not a question so far, but a story from one Thomas Pulford. Hi, Dando and Mitch. I've just come back from an amazing trip to Singapore. Don't need your live story, Tom. To, um, to watch the Formula One race. And as the flight from the UK is a seriously long haul, two lots of 13 hours. Oof. Uh, what, so to Sing- wait, wait. It takes 21 hours to get to Australia. Yeah. Wait, does he mean 13 there and 13 back? Maybe he means 13 there and back. Yeah, it would be Must, because it's, yeah. it's seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he decided to load up on podcast to fill his ears. Uh, while they had some turbulence, it was four-finger discount uh, that kept him chuckling through the flight. Oh, cool. So, just before he left on a trip to go with his girlfriend... And, oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. The, the whole purpose of that is just to say that because we made him laugh on a plane, he wanted to share this story. Just before we left to go on our trip, his girlfriend, himself, and a couple of friends went to an evening of Bongo's Bingo, which I'm guessing is like... He says he's not sure if it's a thing down under... Um, Essentially, it's an adults-only bingo event with lots of drinking and Ooh. a whole variety of music genres and attractive prizes. Um, wow. I don't believe that that... I mean, we have Bogan bingo, but that's not necessarily adults-only. Uh, he was gutted that he didn't win the Henry Hoover. Other brand of vacuum cleaners are available. In between the games of bingo, different songs will be played to get the crowd going. The music really wasn't to my taste, but after drinking a fair amount of cider, I started to warm up to it. The crowd would sing along and dance on the tables if they particularly like a track. My moment came, however, when the DJ played a classic song from Prince. People started respectfully joining in, and I made my move. When the chorus came, I clambered onto the table and belted out, Purple drapes! Purple drapes! Everyone around me didn't have a clue what was going on and put it down to me being drunk. But I knew I had done the four-finger discount community proud. Well done, sir. Well done. Standing ovation. (laughs) Uh, um, I I can never not sing Purple Drapes now whenever I hear that song. Yeah. Uh, And a very quick question for Dando. A while back, uh, you said that Nicola was from Boston in the UK, which he thinks Mm. means is Boston in Lincoln. And he grew up about 45 minutes away in a small village. How did a yellow belly from Boston end up living out in Australia? Do you know Boston was once the fattest town in the UK? Fun fact. Really? In 2006, was the fattest town in the UK. <laughs> That's amazing. That's yeah, know, like, right? what do you say was once? So it's not like, you know, in 1973 and they've cleaned up their act. No, like, no, no. If, yeah. If you were the it, fattest town in 2006, you're probably still in the top three. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then last year, it was the, or maybe the year before, it was the murder capital of the UK per capita. Really? Yeah. Per capita? Is it a small town? Yeah, I'd say probably, I don't quote me, probably 50,000. Uh, okay. Because, like, if it's a smaller town than London, it's one of those things where you oh, could really dude, skew the much, numbers. It's much smaller. <laughs> like, oh, obviously, it's smaller than London. But, I mean, like, in a small town, five murders might really throw things. But, like, one murder moves you up the per capita rankings a hell of a lot more, if that makes sense. It feels sense. like, feel, for a local reference, it feels like Ballarat. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, but, anyway, uh, she came here to get away from Boston, met me. And decided she liked what she found here and stayed here. So she, yeah, she basically just had family here. She was coming for a holiday, and then just decided to stay because she mm. had more. Basically, the reason it was was she had more career opportunities in Australia than she had in the UK. So that that was the main reason. That and me. <laughs> <laughs> if, I mean, if you were from the fattest murder capital of the country, wouldn't you want to get out as well? <laughs> Not if I was a murderer who liked cake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not if you're a big daddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, or maybe maybe that's like, you know, you pick the fattest town because they move a bit slower. So if you are a serial killer, it's, yeah, um, yeah. Get away. it's like... Or they can't get away. <laughs> shooting. It's like going out to the trout farm where you're, like, you're fishing in a pond that's about the size of a regular couch and they've just got 3,000 fish in there so you can't not catch something. You just put floor pie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ian Astley writes in with a question... Um, well, actually, some praise first. So, uh, I do Ed, like praise. Ian met Ash and I in Manchester over the summer, which was a great night. Ah. We were both apparently brilliant to meet, and it was nice to meet some of the other patrons on the evening as well. Mm. Um, it was a lot of fun to meet everybody. Also, Dando, uh, Ian thought that your recent interview with Matt Selman was excellent. Seemed like a oh, great guy you. in general, but your relaxed, intelligent, and humorous interview style certainly helped bring that out. Thank you, sir. Uh, finally, his question is, how old do you deem Marge and Homer to be? Throughout the series, Homer has been referred to us as anything from 36 up to 40, with Marge two years younger, even though they go to the same prom. So, I don't know how that works. That's true, yeah. <laughs> uh, I also find it bonkers that Bart would nearly be 40 now if he ever aged. Fair yeah, point. Crazy, Scary to think about. Yeah. Um how old? Yeah, like how old have you seen them as? Like, if I if I if they, if they hadn't put an age on it, I would look at them as if they're meant to be two years younger. I would say thirty nine, thirty seven. Thirty nine, thirty seven. Is it going to feel weird to you when you reach that age and go, "Hang on a second. And probably when not you because, do, but I think Bart, Bart, and if we have a second child, would probably be a similar age to the. Well, Simpsons that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, you're going to have a ten year old kid at about that same time. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that. So that's probably why. Yeah, it would, it would make sense. It's probably more relatable, the show. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. But yeah, I'd, I'd go with that as well. Like, they've always just sort of struck me as middle age. Which... They, don't seem, they don't seem 40, though. You know what Sorry, I mean? Sorry, not middle age. Yeah, like they don't... No, they don't feel 40 at any point. Nah. That's it for this week, and that's it for this podcast. I've got a uh, very, very, very lovely wife that I want to step out of my dark recording room and say hello to. I don't want to get out of this chair. You still would have seen in the Patreon group and bought a new desk for us. It's very I fancy. saw the desk. It looked very nice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good. It's like you got, you got one side, I got the other. Plenty of room for us to for, for activities. It's good. Mm-hmm. It makes it feel a little bit like a talk show. Like I'm coming yes, in as a special the guest. Yeah, the, 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 um, the, the wise, I was going to take a wide shot. There's a catch next to me. I, I literally feel like David Letterman yeah. without the talent. Did it, I was going to say, did it come with Andy Richter? <laughs> 
<laughs> you should get... Holy shit, we should make an Andy Richter cut out and just sit him on that couch. <laughs> oh, why not? I'd, I'd, yes. Well, I'll, I'll get like a mannequin from work and we'll just put his face on it. Put his face on it. Oh, shit, that'd be amazing. <laughs> we need to start filming the show and make a podcast. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely have to wait that in there somewhere. Okay. But anyway, get, get to your wife. Your very, very lovely wife. Get to your child. Nah, he's in bed. I'm getting to my risotto dinner. Mm-mm-mm. Nice. Next week, Mitch, what are we going to be reviewing? <laughs> I lost track of where we were. No idea. Uh, next, Absol- next week, we are reviewing no Dope. Doe in the Wind, where Homer learns his... That's the one where he learns his first name? Uh, his middle name. His middle name? The, the J stands for J? Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, I remember spoilers. that being. I remember that being a revelation at the time. A revelation or a revelation? Revelation. <laughs> An adaption. <laughs> yes. Alrighty. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Mitch, any final words for the listeners? Put that Simpsons DVD down. Simpsons are for closers only. Shh.